ulterior. Hey, yo, what's good? So, this is the second part of the Top 100 Songs 2022 series. That's a mouthful. Um, the first part was uploaded yesterday that covered songs 100 to 81, and then today we're looking at songs 80 to 61. So, yeah, thank you guys for tapping in, and I hope you all enjoyed this installment. Thank you. Number 80 is Tearing Down Your Reality by Foreign Hands. Coming out of 2022 and into 2023, there are not many bands that I am more excited to watch grow than foreign hands i believe that the moves that this band made not just musically this year but also you know business-wise signing with sharp tone they have not only the platform now to really get their name out there but the sound as well i think tearing down your reality is a really good uh like display of what it is that makes foreign hands who they are and how they have taken the post-hardcore revival kind of sound that we've seen from bands like sea space cowboy and static dress and the very unique and all to themselves flavor that I think foreign hands inject into that style. Uh, tearing down to reality is a very good introduction song in case any of you guys have not heard of foreign hands before. You know, it's heavy, it's emotional, it's very gripping and moving, and it is everything that I look for in this sound and everything that I want foreign hands to embody moving forward. Number 79 is Neon Grave by Dayseeker. So Neon Grave was the lead single for Dark Sun. This dropped back in, uh, I believe it was March. And the emotional journey that this song took me on right from the jump is just insane and incredible. Um, this song really showed like what Dark Sun would uh, exemplify when it came to the grieving and healing on the part of Roy Rodriguez and how he lost his father prior to, you know, the writing process for Dark Sun. Neon Grave is the biggest instance of him just kind of letting out his emotion and really giving me a song that I was able to relate to when it comes to dealing with those ideas and concepts surrounding loss. Um, I think Neon Grave is very beautiful and catchy, and it was the clear initial sign of maybe a departure from where Dayseeker stood when it came to Sleep Talk, but I believe that it is still the perfect showcasing for who Dayseeker chose to be this year and the execution of some very risky uh, sound moves that I thought paid off for them. Number 78 is Bull by Anna Shikari featuring Cody Frost.
So this is a very recent entry for this list, and I do remember talking about Bull on the final weekly episode for season two, and I don't remember entirely what I said, but what I do know is that in the time span that has passed ever since being able to talk about that song initially on the podcast, I feel like my attachment to it has only grown. I think Ener Shikari and Cody Frost made for this really impeccable and just perfect pairing that brought Bull to life in a way that maybe, you know... It, not saying that it wouldn't have with just Shikari because Ener Shikari have always been just masters at being able to craft whatever kind of weird electronic sounds they choose to. But adding Cody here, there is something to the delivery and the layering of Bull that has allowed it to really age well with me the last few weeks. And it's why I think it is one of the 100 best songs of the year, even if I haven't had as much time to spend with it as most of the songs on this list. Um... It's just an incredible track, and I think it's another testament to the lasting legacy of Enrichikari and how all these years later, almost two decades, they are still at the top of the scene when it comes to this kind of a style. Number 77 is Center Frame by True North. So just saying this now, uh, Out Loud by True North was not a record that I reviewed when it came out. I had the album saved, yet because I ran out of time that week, I decided that was the record that I was going to omit for whatever reason. And I ended up having to review it as part of like a catch-up process last week on social media. Um, but I didn't just hear it for the first time last week. I've been able to live with Out Loud for a few months now. And every time I listen to that album, I feel like Center Frame is the piece of work from True North this year that I'm able to relate to the most and attach myself to the most. I think Center Frame really, uh, like it caps off this incredible stretch of tracks on that record. And it has this, um, like not really like a slow emotional style to it, but just something that is very much so in alignment with the kind of sounds from say like, uh, A Too Close Touch or Slaves on Beautiful Death. That's what I hear whenever I listen to Center Frame, and I think it is perfect in that sense. Um, the switch up in pacing towards the end of the song, it kind of threw me for a loop initially, but it's become my favorite portion of the song, getting to hear it over and over again. I feel like True North managed to craft this song that you don't necessarily know where it's going to go, but by the time you finish the journey, you're like, fuck, man, that was amazing. Number 76 is Simple by a Marionette. Something that I think Simple does really, really well is it kind of has this frantic and chaotic pacing to it, but the song itself doesn't at all sound frantic or chaotic. It's very relaxing and it has that soothing nature that comes with a marionette. It's just done in a way that makes me feel like I'm on some kind of a futuristic high-speed chase. I love the energy all throughout Simple. I think that this song was the perfect way to kind of usher in the Gemini era for a marionette. And it's the kind of song that, you know, no matter how I'm feeling, whether it's up or down, like I can put on Simple and just take myself back to that time in May when I got to listen to the song for the first time. And it's like I'm being captivated by it all over again. I feel like a marionette have something really, really special and they have for a minute now. And 
I would hope that simple was effective in getting to show somebody who may not have given a marionette that chance previously to understand just how fucking goaded this band really is. Number 75 is Shapes by Poppy. By the standards set by Poppy, I feel like this year was actually kind of quiet for her. She had one project, that being the Stagger EP, and there were so many experimental moments on that record. I feel like that says something considering how experimental Poppy is to begin with. Um, for myself, the reason why Shapes was a song that I connected to the most was because I felt like this took the ideas of Flux and kind of structured them in a way that was a little bit more in alignment with what I was really digging from her when it came to records like I Disagree or Am I a Girl. Like, I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of weird to explain because I feel like this song, Shapes, it has that straightforward, catchy nature of Flux mixed with the quirky elements that make up those prior albums from her. And it's just this really good, um, like performance on her part, showing everything that she's learned, everything that she's taught herself and everything that she has been able to give us in this sensational run of hers. I feel like shapes is just this really good song for Poppy to kind of show off on. Number 74 is emergency contact by Pierce the veil. So I feel like I actually didn't even get to talk about any of the new Pierce of L material this year on the weekly episodes because I just happened to not release episodes the week after those songs came out, Pass Nirvana and Emergency Contact. What I will say now is that Pierce Savelle have been in their fucking bag with this rollout so far for the Jaws of Life. Um, I think Emergency Contact is such a, like a really fun and sweet song by this band. And I remember the day that it dropped over here in San Antonio, it was like very gloomy and rainy and just, you know, so mundane looking outside, but that uh, kind of atmosphere mixed in with this, uh, track that is admittedly like very emo. It worked. Like it really, really helped amplify my feelings towards this song and how incredible I believe Pierce of sounded on it. I, I think emergency contact is just perfection to say the least. Number 73 is Let You Down by Sleeping with Sirens featuring Charlotte Sands. got a lot to say about Sleeping Sirens, and I will definitely, definitely have those chances later on. What I'm going to say now about Let You Down is that this is one of the best feature spots all year in the scene, in my opinion. Um, you know, just looking at the track listing for Complete Collapse, I remember seeing Charlotte on here and thinking like, holy fuck, like she can put up some goddamn points on this song if it works out that way and it worked out just tremendously well beyond any of my own expectations because with this song i believe that we saw 
the continued revitalization of Sleeping with Sirens and just how rejuvenated every member here comes across and how rejuvenated Kellen sounds and then factoring in Charlotte and just the unique spin that she was able to bring to this song that I don't think you find anywhere else on Complete Collapse. Charlotte was the perfect uh, choice for a guest spot on this track. She is a fucking star. Kellen is a star. Everybody's looking at sirens or stars. Just a genuinely a generational performance by all parties involved here. Number 72 is Eraser by Stepson. Stepson were coming off of an album last year called Help Me Help You that I did enjoy, but I would be lying if I said that it was like one of my gems of 2021. I thought it was a good record that had some like punk influences, but not too much beyond that. So to get a racer and to have this song be more embroiled in like a modern metalcore sound, yet mix in everything that I just said about punk with Stepson's style... I believe that what came out of this was the best song ever released by this band and the kind of song that shows a world's worth of promise for them moving forward. Um, I, I was so taken aback by this song. I was so surprised by how much I liked it initially and also how much I still like it to this day. If anything, I like it more now than I did back when I reviewed it in fucking August or September or whatever it actually was. Um, Eraser is just phenomenal and tremendous, and I think that it is absolutely the basis for whatever Sepson should be doing going into the new year. Number 71 is Dementor by Not A Toy. This was the final number one ranked song for Cena Kovalik this year, and I remember part of my uh, decision-making process for that was because I knew that there was not going to be anything else on this list that sounded like Dementor. This song has a very unique spin to it in the sense that, you know, it is like R&B and hip-hop mixed together with the traditional scene elements that make this kind of a song so infectious and catchy, and it is... Just, it's really, really cool to see Not A Toy continue to make these really captivating songs for myself because I think that they are one of the bands this decade that have really, really been on the upward trajectory and every time they release something new, I feel like I'm discovering a new side to them and it's just really, really rewarding to get to be here for the initial rise of Not A Toy. Number 70 is Misfits by Magnolia Park featuring Taylor Acorn. I do not mean this in a disparaging manner, but this song is simplistic pop punk done to perfection in my opinion. I think Magnolia Park, while they're not like pushing genre boundaries and they're not really doing anything revolutionary, they are taking ideas that have been around for fucking ages now and just kind of showing how well they're able to utilize these sounds and styles to their advantage. Misfits is just straightforward 
it's a very basic pop punk song, but again, it is that simplistic manner that Magnolia Park have really found their craft in, in my opinion. The course itself is just, you know, everything I can ask for something like this to be. I think Magnolia Park, they are one of those bands that, you know, for better or worse, they are who they are. But in the moments where they are shining the way that they do on Misfits, I don't know any other pop punk band that I'd rather be listening to than Magnolia Park. Number 69. (laughs) No, no, I did this last year with this number. Fuck, man. I didn't grow at all in a year. That's crazy. Number 69 is Silent Season by Thousand Below. When this episode releases, it is Tuesday, December 13th. This track officially released Friday, December 9th. There have been four days passing since this song dropped, but you know what? In those four days, it has made as good of an impression on me as any song can in that short span. I think Silent Season is the safest play of a track off of Hell Finds You Everywhere, yet it is the song that I think really embodies what I am drawn to Thousand Below for. It is catchy and emotional and is able to kind of like tug at all the right heartstrings while still allowing me to just nod my head and it has like that a real it factor that i can't really express but i've heard it on so many thousand below tracks and silent season is no different this song is amazing and impeccable and just everything that i wanted from thousand below at this point in time number 68 is sakura by chief state For myself, one of the best closing songs all year off of any record. I think Chief State really surprised not just myself, but a lot of people this year because the album Waiting for Your Colors was just tremendous and sensational. And it was like a real clinic on how to hoop by Chief State uh, for this record. And Sakura being the closing song, I feel like they really ended things on their best note. This song, it packs all of the emotional energy that you can hear being built up throughout the entire album and then once you get to this track it all explodes and that mess that's left behind is something that I feel like I am able to kind of just like allow to completely engulf my brain and it's just something that has been really really special to me ever since I first heard this record back in July. Um, the way that this song it incorporates elements from other songs on the record lyrically It's a great way to close off what I thought was a very stellar record and something that you guys really should be checking out if you haven't already. And specifically, this closing song, Sakura, is the pinnacle for everything that Chief State had done this year. Number 67 is Misery Syndrome by Nothing Nowhere featuring Buddy Nielsen from Census Fail.
I have always fucked with Nothing Nowhere, and I feel like what he did last year on uh, Chama Factory was a, a good way to kind of cement his place in contemporary scene music, whereas I believe a track like Misery Syndrome cements his place for ages to come. I love the execution of the song and how it's uh, a lot more of like uh, a tribute to post-hardcore from the past and the way that uh, Nothing Nowhere kind of just allows himself to get lost in the moment, especially on the chorus and the way that he's not really screaming, but just like kind of raising his voice and elevating it in a way that, uh, you know, it, it hasn't really been there sans a song like Death off of Trauma Factory. Um, getting Buddy Nielsen on the song was everything. I, I think he is able to provide this, like, I don't have a better way to describe it, but like this authenticity to a song that, again, is meant to pay homage to a past time for the scene and nothing nowhere showing that level of respect to the roots of the scene while pushing these limitations forward. It's a real testament to the creative genius that is nothing nowhere. And I am so, so eager to get more material from him in the future. That is along the lines of misery syndrome. Number 66 is a mass grave of saints by counterparts. I Carved Goodbye with a Fallen Angel's Spine is one of the most chilling lines I've heard all year, and the fact that it is the opening line for this song really, really sets the pace for what's to come with this track, uh, you know, once you get into the rest of it. Um, by the time I had gotten to this song, I had been just beaten and fucking battered by a eulogies for those still here, and... I I wouldn't have wanted any other experience with this song. I wouldn't have wanted to intake it any other way because I feel like that is the appropriate setting for what is happening here because you kind of have to go on that emotional battering that is this record before you get to A Massacre of Saints and really be able to appreciate it to the fullest extent that you guys need to. And I, I think this song is just tremendous at being able to wrap all of these ideas presented on the record together. And I... I don't remember who it was. It might have been Brendan or maybe it was Kyle or somebody else from uh, Counterparts. Maybe it was just the, the band account altogether on Twitter saying that this was their favorite song that Counterparts have ever made. And while it's not my personal favorite, I can totally wholeheartedly understand why that would be somebody's opinion, especially a person who had a hand in making this fucking masterpiece. Number 65 is What Do You Want From Me by Bad Omens. So there is a bit of a technicality that has to be explained when it comes to why this song is being included in a list for 2022, because it came out in 2021, but it came out in 2021 after the cutoff date for December 3rd. So that is what made it eligible to be on this list and why it also had to be because it was the first number one ranked scenic overlook song for 2022. And I have no regrets about that because I think What Do You Want From Me ended up being one of my favorite showcases for Bad Omens on The Death of Peace of Mind. This song takes this very like, 
uh, almost like an industrial kind of electronic feeling for Bad Omens and really pushes those ideas forward and unapologetically. And it is this tremendous display of how far Bad Omens have come and how versus how they are and how they cannot be lumped into just like one little subsection of the scene. Like Bad Omens kind of encompass the entire scene when it comes to the sounds and the ideas and the styles that they can weaponize and utilize in manners that just make them flourish in my opinion what do you want from me is a fucking tremendous song and i think it was one of the best choices they could have made for a single heading into the death of peace of mind number 64 is what's the code for heaven's gate by destroy rebuild until god shows I mean it when I say that Craig Owens is one of the defining voices of my fandom. Chiodos was the kind of band that just helped shape me from an early age, and that has made it so easy for me to get into the Sherbill Do God shows and just kind of have this um, immediate acceptance of any new drugs material because of the nostalgic factor that that man's voice just kind of brings to me. I think this song in particular did a really remarkable and marvelous job at kind of painting this image in my head of not only nostalgia with Craig's voice, but then also something very modern and contemporary because this song is insane and it fits right in with everything else on this list when it comes to production and quality and all those other elements that I really, really look at. It's catchy and it's heartfelt and it allows for drugs to kind of just really like make a point you know a decade or so after their prior album and just to kind of show like there was no misstep on anyone's part when it came to crafting a song like what's the code for heaven's gate and the effectiveness of this song has not been lost on me at all in the six months that have passed since the first time i heard it number 63 is split kill it by avoid This was one of the first uh, bits of new material that we got to hear for Cult Mentality, which was the Avoid record that dropped back in November. And just for myself, this was a song that really helped build anticipation for what was going to be coming on that album. Because while I already knew that I liked Avoid coming out of the Burner EP from two years ago, a song like Split Kill It just really cemented them as an act that I needed to be paying very, very close attention to. This song is just very thunderous and ferocious, and it's all able to kind of really come together for this chorus that, while it still has all of those, you know, very attitude-based elements to it, it's also just a remarkable showing of Benny's vocals as a a clean frontman. And there's so many layers to this song that I feel like you can unravel, and it's just a, a perfect way for me to get across to you guys what it was that avoid this year and why it affected me so much in a positive manner number 62 is letting go by sharia moore
I was already a massive fucking merchant for Sharia Moore coming into the record cycle for Spiritual Ascension. And this song, Letting Go, came alongside the album announcement. And it was like this perfect storm of, okay, these guys had a perfect EP last year. They've already got two perfect songs this year in Sin City and Love's Not Your Thing. And now they just dropped Letting Go and they have an album coming out this year. Like, holy shit, Sharia Moore, they're on one right now. And I, I feel like with Letting Go... There is this very specific effect that it has on myself that I can't really try to relate to you guys or make any of you relate to yourselves because like whenever I hear letting go or even thinking about the the pre-chorus that leads into the chorus, I just imagine myself out in like, you know, the, the fall sunset watching the colors of the leaves change and just watch the sunset. Like it's a very cathartic song because of the image that it paints in my head. And I also think that it's just a really good way for Sharia Moore to kind of showcase what it is that makes them who they are and how they're able to blend these R&B elements with punk, with alternative rock and just have this very unique package that I cannot identify with any other band. Like no one else sounds like Sharia Moore. No one else had a song here like sound like Letting Go. And that worked to the advantage of Sharia Moore and Letting Go because it allowed uh, this song to really maintain its home in my brain from September onwards and probably this year onwards for the rest of my life. Number 61 is Body Bag by I Prevail. If I can be cynical for a second, there is a part of me that does believe this song was the lead single for True Power just as a way of uh, appeasing anybody who might have been lukewarm on this band coming out of trauma from 2019, but... I really don't care about that. I don't care what the reason was for this being the lead single. I'm glad it was because it was able to just really get me amped. And it's the kind of song that like I can put on and just, you know, get lost in and just like bang my head too. And just imagine like a live setting. I was there for a live setting for the song and it fucking delivers every way that you could have imagined it doing so. Um, you know, it, it's heavy. It's unapologetic. Is it kind of cheesy and corny? Yeah, sure. But you know what? It still fucking rules. And it doesn't matter, you know, what the setting is, whether it's me listening to the song live at a concert, whether it's me hearing it as part of Blood and Guts, whether it's just me sitting in my room, having the song come on on shuffle and just getting lost in the moment. Body Bag is a tremendous metalcore song made by a tremendous metalcore band. And that's it. Those were the songs uh, ranked 80 to 61. So yeah, we're two days down for this process. 40% all the way through. That's kind of cool, right? Um, Yeah, come back tomorrow for part three covering songs uh, 60 to 41. And then on Thursday, songs 40 to 21. And then finally, the finale on Friday, songs 20 to 1. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, for better or worse, Let's make a scene.